0: Thanks, now let's get to the show and start building excellence in your life, leadership, and legacy. Welcome to the Building Excellence Podcast. I've got my friend Rashad Wright with me today, so thanks for being here, Rashad. Welcome, man. Good yeah. to see you. Good to be here. So, Rashad, you've been, you've been involved in athletics for a long time as a coach, as a player, um, but we want to start first and foremost hearing more of your story uh, growing up in Statesboro. What was that like?
1: it was it was exciting man you know um grew up in a small town like you said statesboro georgia where you know uh there's not really a lot to do you know so growing up as a kid you know my mom and dad had jobs and they worked throughout the day while i was at school and you know i had a I got an older brother who's seven years older than me and um that, that was kind of like my connection to everything because my older brother you know he was always playing with me being around me Mm -hmm. and you know especially in the summertime while my dad and mom was at work my older brother had me so everything he did i was around following him Mm -hmm. so he was kind of a big influence on me and um you know just growing up in a small town man it was i was uh, looking back it you know it was kind of tough you know because there's there's not much to do for kids in our area and you know, it was just it was just hard to try and find, you know, things to do. But, you know, I had a good support system with my mom and dad. My older brother had grandmas, aunts and uncles. You know, I had a good support system growing up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I stayed out of trouble. You know, I wasn't never in any trouble because I had influence around me who, if I did something wrong, they was going to straighten me up real yeah. quick. So, yeah. you know, that was, a, that was a good thing growing up, you know, being able to have, you know, having love Mm -hmm. was a big part
0: yeah for sure so were you always growing up playing sports too with an older brother
1: yeah yeah, i grew up because my my father my mother was a good athlete you know but she didn't really you know play like team sports or anything like that but my father was a legend you know in statesboro he played basketball baseball football and you know his his nickname was fly fly right so you know my dad (laughs) could jump high. he played center on defense And point guard on offense so I grew up playing sports you know and then following my older brother seeing him play I jumped right into I never played football because I had two older cousins who like had some horrific injuries with their knees and I you know basketball was my love so I was like well if my knee tears up I won't be able to play basketball or I won't be that good so so I kind of stayed away from football but I played baseball Partly because my mom made me. And, and, you know, I get it now because she kind of, baseball was more doing, you know, spring and summer. And uh, it kept me out of trouble, mm-hmm. you know, having something to do and, you know, not being around everybody or in the streets, as they would say. So I was always active doing something. So.
0: Yeah. What position but, were you in baseball?
1: Uh, I played all over. I played shortstop, pitcher, catcher. Yeah. And I, No, I was all over. Anywhere, because my dad was my coach. Yeah, yeah. So wherever we needed a spot that day where he thought I could, you know, help our team win, he put me in that spot. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. What did he play baseball? you remember? Everything. Everything, too? Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) He played everything. And, you know, we got old pictures and stuff with my dad playing baseball. And back then, he had. it was funny because I used to laugh about him. He uh, pitched like the first no-hitter at our high school. Oh, really? Pitched the first no-hitter. And he had on a football jersey, so they played. Play he played base, baseball in their football jerseys. Really? Yeah. No so, way. Yeah, yeah. So I got I got clippings at the house and stuff. So it's it's interesting to see things like that. You know? Oh yeah. 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 yeah that
0: well, was that, awesome. No, that's a unique story for sure. <laughs> um, you said you had an older brother who was pretty influential in your life. Uh, talk a little bit about how like being able to watch him growing up kind of allowed you to see. Uh, or maybe just give you some insight on how you could uh, be a good basketball player as well, a good athlete, and, and kind of open your mind up to seeing all these different players that you looked up to as a kid growing up.
1: Yeah, I would I would say, you know, just seeing my brother, because my, my memory of seeing my brother play and understanding, like, he was a good player. So understanding how good he was, I would say I was... I would say I was around maybe seven, eight years old when I first started realizing and understanding like my brother's really good, you know, Mm -hmm. and and watching him and be proud to go watch him play basketball. So once I, you know, I guess had that feeling, I always was like watching everything he does, everything he does and, you know, leading up to when he signed with the University of Cincinnati at high school. It was like wow, my brother's going to play basketball. You know, that was like the biggest thing to me, like yeah. just because that was my brother. And then yeah. seeing him go and play and being able to travel up to Cincinnati and watch him play with the lights. Uh, even we went to North Carolina in the Dean Dome one time and mm-hmm. seen him play. North Carolina, they had Rasheed Wallace, Jerry Stackhouse, Eric Montrose, just you know yeah. some of those guys. Being in that environment, who you know, we're watching these games on TV, uh-huh. seeing them, and now I'm here, like, oh, I'm in North Carolina where Jordan played, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm yeah. up here, like, where Jordan played. So, it, you know, it was interesting, and, you know, it was, it was good for me at a young age being from where I'm from because it gave me an insight that, you know, some of my peers didn't have. You know, I get mm-hmm. to know there was something else outside of the city I grew up in. Yeah, you know, being able to see that, and you know, like, my brother made some mistakes in high school, in college, and I got to saw those firsthand to see how, you know, his mistakes, kind of, the reaction my mother and father had from his mistakes, mm-hmm. it kind of, you know, came, it, it ingrained in me, like, hey, I don't want my parents to feel that way, or mom, dad, to feel that way about me. Yeah, yeah. So just, just seeing him go through those things, you know, I, you know, I look back now, I'm like, hey, man, you know, to a Stint, I'm glad you did that so I didn't have to, yeah. <laughs> you know, do that, you know? So yeah. it was like just just watching him and seeing him go through life, I, I had a mm-hmm. firsthand knowledge of, like, what not to do. Mm-hmm. So it kind of made me find a path on my own, like, okay, well, I know I can't do that or I can't do this, you mm-hmm. know? Because when he was playing, he went to Cincinnati, he transferred, well, he broke his foot and that kind of... Threw him off a little bit, you know, mentally. It -hmm. kind of messed him up. Then he transferred to western Kentucky. Got there, didn't like it. Then he transferred all the way to Fresno in California. And and Jerry Tarkanian was there.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, so
1: he was was out there. And then he didn't like it out there because he was too far from home. Too far from home. And so he ended up coming back and playing at Life university which was an nai school and ended up doing real well but that kind of after that he was like i'm kind of done with basketball Mm -hmm. you know because he had traveled a long way to try and get somewhere and he wasn't getting the looks of yeah you know going to the nba or anything so he was like i'm done yeah but i got to see all that and no no like follow it and learn like hey i can't make these mistakes or when it's time for, if it's ha- gonna happen for me, I know what to do. Mm-hmm. I find my own path. You know, leading up to when I went to school and stuff like that, I was like, I know I'm getting ahead, but no, when, no. I, when I went over and went to Georgia, you know, it was a time, there was a point in time where I was having doubts and I was like, maybe I should transfer. But, you know, my dad yes, always so- instilled in me, like, yeah. hey, you remember what your brother did? Mm-hmm. Then my brother was like, hey, Stick it out, man. Tough it out. Mm-hmm. It could be something good for you. Oh, yeah. Just don't leave when it gets uncomfortable for you. Mm-hmm. you know, so.
0: Yeah. Well, also, I mean, it takes It takes some some uh, wisdom and discernment to be able to sit there and say, hey, this is what my brother's doing. I'm not going to do it because uh, taking in and learning from it is, is a really key concept to be able to do that at a young age like you were. How many years younger were you than your He's
1: brother? seven years older than me.
0: Seven years older? Yeah. Okay.
1: So once he left for college, yeah, I was pretty much on my own then. I was in, I remember his freshman year yeah. in college, I was in sixth grade. And, uh, you know, it was it was kind of hurt because I, I no longer had him around. Mm-hmm. And I was the only kid in the house then. And, you know, I couldn't go some of the places now because I'm 11, 12 years old. I can't go do what I was doing, being at the parks or being at the mall, chilling, because I had an older brother who was gonna watch after me, yeah. but I couldn't do that now. I couldn't, mom them just couldn't leave me somewhere because I didn't have my older brother, but that was, that was a good point, point. and we was talking about, you know, when he went to college, like, insight for me was, when I went up, my dad drove me to Cincinnati. It was like a 11 hour drive, I think, in the summer. I went and stayed with my brother two weeks, got to stay with him and be around, you know, the whole college basketball atmosphere in the summer mm-hmm. where they're practicing, playing pickup ball and seeing guys from different states and stuff. And I'm like, I had no clue about that really, yeah. you know, being a small town. There's Georgia Southern in our city, but to me it was like seeing these guys, it was a different, I saw the difference, Yeah. you know, because I saw Georgia Southern play, you really didn't see guys that was, you know, Pretty much everybody was 6'5 and above. My brother was the shortest one. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? The two guard was 6'6. And so I didn't see that. So when I was up in Cincinnati and being around these guys and how these guys used to slap me upside the back of the head or, you know, make me go do stuff for them, you know, it it gave me insight to like, man, wow, I wanna be doing this. Mm -hmm. You know, this is something I wanna do. So when I went back home that summer, like, some of my boys, my friends, you know, the things they want to do, I was like, ah, nah, I got a different plan than y'all now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I want to play ball for real, for real. Like, I don't want to just play ball because we've been playing ball together all our life. No, I want to actually go to school for it. Like, this can help me leave States, bro. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to do. I went up there and saw my brother and met some of his friends, man. They were from Kentucky. They was from Texas everywhere so i'm like man i want to get out and do that too yeah so
0: yeah and real quick do you feel like what was the the home like for you were your parents pretty disciplined parents or were they or were they like
1: oh yeah old school discipline man like i remember growing up man even grandma or something if (laughs) you you walk in the house you playing you having fun outside you know friends there Tell you, hey, either you're gonna stay inside or out. To tell you that, and if you keep running back in the house, yeah, you might end up getting a whooping or something. Man, yeah. so so that that taught you discipline, and you know, little things like we go to the grocery store or something. Don't act up in the grocery store. Don't be loud, running around the grocery store. Just little little things like that kind of help me, you know, discipline myself when I'm away from you know, my comfort zone around my family where I know they're going to allow me to do some things where, you know, I can't get in trouble because I'm around my family. They they monitor and stuff. So when I go out on my own, I have discipline, know, you know right from wrong, what mm. to do, what not to do. If you do this, you can get in trouble, big trouble. Not only in with the law, but you come home, that trouble might, might be a worst. little... Hey, <laughs> that little trouble right there might be tough on you, yeah. you know, so so I think they kind of, you know, my parents, you know, they they, they love me, but they also discipline me to keep me on the right path.
0: Yeah, and speaking about that, stay on the right path, so you go and you get to be around your brother, you watch your brother, you get to go up there and see what it's like to be at that level of playing, and you come back home and you're like, I, w- I want that, I want to be at that level, if not further. Yeah. And so you were talking about your friends and how they might be doing some things that are not kind of on par with where you want to go. Um, there was a story that you had told me a while back about those guys. So even though they might be doing some stuff that you're like, I don't want to do that, they were all for you wanting to go and be uh, great at playing basketball. And so talk on that a little bit about those guys.
1: Yeah, yeah my, my group of friends, man, a lot of them was at my wedding with my wife, you know, and they always been there for me, you know, and I can call them and it, and talk to them anytime about anything. And it, it, you know, it means a lot. When you have guys who, you know, at a young age, like when I came back, you know, we started playing middle school ball, you know, they saw like, it was a difference in me because like I would stay after practice. I'm always at the gym. They were like, uh, let's go to the mall today. Uh, nah, I want to go to the park. Or, because uh, um, my coach was, my high school coach is actually my cousin, and his son is my cousin, and we was close, we're the same age, and I used to call them like, hey, can we go to the gym today to shoot? Because I just wanted to be in the gym. Let's go to the gym and play some ball. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when my boys seeing me go into, you know, that zone, they would always be like, you know, when we're at school or at the park or do when we do go to the mall, if there's any kind of negativity that was – they felt or I felt they always kind of like protected me, you know, kind of like, hey, man, we don't need to be here right now. Let's go. Or now nah, what you doing hanging around him today or something like that, like yeah. just, you know, keeping me away from nonsense. And it's and it, it always stayed like that. Even now, if I go home, they don't want to be at Nothing where it's a lot of people. They want to just be us. Because they know they're in that area and things can go on, and you know, there's a lot of jealousy or anything that goes on. Just being in your own city, yeah, you know, you're always gonna have somebody that you know feels a certain type of way about you, yeah, you know, because of maybe you've you know left and been successful, and the mind frame they have is, oh, he think he's better than us. Mm -hmm. He's from here, but he think he's better than us, and it's. Yeah, it has nothing to do with that or even remotely. That, it's just that mind frame.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like a lot of guys maybe are are in a similar situation to where they're kind of moving up, out, they're leaving their community to go on to maybe a few bigger and better things in terms of, let's just say, basketball, for instance. Do you feel like it's tough for for some people to get past that? Like, oh, man, I don't want so-and-so to think bad of me. I don't want so-and-so yeah. to, you know. Uh, think negatively or whatnot is that a challenge for probably? It, a lot of it's a, it's a lot.
1: It's a big challenge. You know, I I used to have those thoughts, like like what are they gonna think of me? Like mm-hmm. gonna, I go out play college ball, I go back home, like are they gonna think I'm like I'm acting different or something like that? You know, and it it it, it plays with you, you know. You but you have to be strong and you know understand like this growth in life. You know, because you're doing the same thing, that don't mean I have to be that same person you thought I was then. You know, I'm, I'm growing now. I'm I'm learning different things. I'm meeting different people. I'm, I'm expanding my life, but you're still doing the same thing. So there's no reason you should be mad with me, Yeah. you know, yeah. because you can't do what I do. Maybe you should try to take necessary steps in life to do that. But I think a lot of youngsters, you know, they deal with things like that, especially, you know, guys who are from – you know, inner city or small towns who make it and leave and go away and, you know, being on TV, like, that's a big deal, you know, for me being in a small town and go play on TV where I know all those peers are watching. Mm-hmm. They're watching me because we used to be in class together and yeah. be at the park together. We're, like, right here, and now all of a sudden you see me on TV. That could make a lot of people feel some type of way about you, mm-hmm. you know? So I had to learn to, like, Not kind of worry about that, what they thought of me, and stay true to who I am.
0: Yeah, that's why. Have you ever heard of the crabs in the bucket? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That type of deal, Mm -hmm. where it's uh, you got a lot of crabs in one bucket, uh, one tries to start climbing out, all the other ones will bring it back down. Bring it back down, yeah. Yeah, and it's such a, it's it's a lot of uh, kind of a human component of we want to excel to the level of everyone else too. But if someone's going further, we want to make ourselves feel better and kind of bring them back to our level.
1: Yeah, and that's one thing about my friends. They never made me feel that way where, like, I needed to, like, make them or try to pull them up where I am. They always stayed who they were, and I stayed who I am. But, you hey, know, we got together, we was like, there was nothing but love. There was not, no animosity or anything between us. Yeah. Like, it's still that same genuine feeling when we was kids you know and that's that's pretty special feels great. yeah it feels great you know like it's amazing just to have that you call your boys and we just just talking trip out you know and it's nothing else yeah that's it
0: yeah that's awesome yeah so you touched on your buddies and your family um talk a little bit about playing high school getting into high school like who were some guys obviously your brother was influential and your parents were influential and uh, let's just touch maybe on your coach and maybe some players that you admired that were ahead of you that Mm -hmm. you respected and wanted to to have a game similar to or or somewhat like
1: yeah growing up man there's a um, bunch of guys man used to go to the park and see my brother play with them and against them and you know it's a bunch of names I could run off but a couple to stick out um, guy Keith Legree who's a coach now who's actually back coaching at the high school we played for. Uh, he was the only McDonald's All American that came from our town mm. real good. Ended up signing with Louisville. And then you had another um, guy on that team uh, who was a shooting guard, Mitch Taylor. One of the best shooters I've seen, you know, even from young. I just always knew he made threes, you know what I mean? Yeah. And signed with Auburn. And then, you know, you had my brother come through and You know, it's just a whole bunch of guys. A guy I played with, Dante, Dante Humphreys. He, you know, he was older than me, so I got to kind of not just get through in the fire because he was two years older than me, so he was already, he got through in the fire as a freshman, Yeah. and then he had those two years to develop. Then when I came as a freshman, I had him to work with, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't just me jumping in the fire and I got to control stuff. He was already there, so I can kind of develop and work my way in mm-hmm. and so he ended up signing with Georgia Southern and you know just having guys like that who went to the next level and always played against good competition and that was due to you know my high school coach coach Lee Hill legendary yeah. you know winning his coach in Georgia basketball his history yeah and um like he always wanted us to play good competition because he knew the talent we had in our area. And so he would take us, you know, to Atlanta just like in the summer. And he knew people in Atlanta, so he would take us and maybe find a gym and different high school teams get their players, and we come play in the gym and we play against all those teams, different teams. They might not be playing against each other, but we were going to play them like a day. We might play six games in a day. Really? But we playing against different Atlanta teams. Different teams. Yeah. And we, you know, we holding our own. Mm -hmm. You know, they might have big bigs and everything but we picking up pressing and one thing we 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 came up one thing you had to be able to do was dribble the basketball. If you couldn't dribble the basketball, you couldn't beat us. Yeah. You know, that came from my dad to coach Hill. If you couldn't dribble the basketball, there's no reason why you was competition to us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then it came down to you being able to use your left hand or your opposite hand, you know dominant hand. If you couldn't do that, you couldn't play with us. Cause you, we we're gonna expo- it, yeah. we we're gonna expose it like soon as the soon as the game starts, we we're exposing that. Mm-hmm. We're gonna figure it out. That's one thing we're looking for when we start to play. Can you dribble the ball? Can you use both hands? Wow. it was it could you know so that made it easier for us because we were learning, you know, learning how to play the game. So you know I my dad, my coach, they was trying to give us tools to, you know to our advantage where it could help us out where like when i was going i wasn't always a good shooter you know but i could dribble and get to the basket i was fast big hands long arms so i pick up full court mm-hmm. so whoever i was guarding i'm picking up full court so if they couldn't dribble then i can get an advantage on them because i could get some steals and get layups and that would kind of take away from me being, you know, having to set up and maybe a team backing off me, and I couldn't shoot.
0: Yeah,
1: as good, you know. Yeah. So that kind of changed the game. Yeah. You know, in itself, and teams couldn't do that to us because I I would drive and kick it out to somebody on my team that really could shoot. Mm-hmm. So if you're backing off of me or you're on me and I'm driving and you have to help, I got somebody in the corner. My cousin, he hit. Nine threes in a game. Seven threes in the game. Like, he's known probably no no taller than five, six. Yeah. But you leave year. him open, he is oh, It's geez. cash. Yeah. You know, so, you know, just little things like that, you know, help me out with, you know, learning from my dad, my coaches, seeing those guys playing at the park, learning from their games, seeing what they do, like, when they go against different competition, taller guys, shorter guys, i always watch.
0: Yeah. Watch and learn.
1: Just watch and learn. Just looking at guys, seeing how they play. And, you know, we have guys who can – all they could do is play defense really good. They were quick, fast. So I watch them and see, like, the things they do and see if I can add that to how I play. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that helped me with my overall game.
0: How did you get to be a really good ball handler?
1: That's something my dad put me out in. the... he said, "If you want to play basketball, you got to know how to dribble." Mm. So he put the ball in, put the ball in my hand at a young age. I was out working on dribbling. That's all I really did was dribble. Yeah, really, that's all I did was dribble. And then, you know, I remember a story. I remember uh, I was outside, and he came home from my dad came home from work one day, and. Um, I was outside, you know, just driving, making layups. He's like, "All right, we're gonna work on your left-hand layup today." So I'm out there doing it. I, you know, I was messing up, couldn't do it. You know, he was kind of being hard on me, and I started crying. And he's like, ah, "Go in the house, get in there with your mama. You want to act like that? Get in there with your mama." And, <laughs> and you know, I went in there crying to my mom and stuff, and she was like, "It's gonna be okay. You can go out there. Just go out there and show him you can do it." You know, he's just just being hard on you, so. back out there my dad wasn't really saying nothing to me and i just he was out there shooting by himself so i got my ball and just started doing it started doing it and you know he told me later he was like that's all i want you to do just get out there and just keep practicing and you know kind of smiled and you know and ever since then i just remember that like yeah he was just trying to push me to do something you know getting there and knowing i can do it and know i would need that tool if i wanted to play basketball Mm -hmm. being able to use both hands, dribble with both hands, go to the basket and make a layup, which, by the way, is I think it's kind of lost in the basketball game now. You have guys doing, like, all this between the legs, behind the back stuff, but can't take one dribble and get to the basket and make a left-hand layup. Yeah, it's like, man, it's tough. Yeah. (laughs) It's tough tough watching it sometimes, like, okay. Uh And guys think they're so tough because you can – Put it between your legs five times and spin behind the back and shoot from outside. Mm-hmm. Like okay. Dude, you, the, can the you little... do that with somebody on you? Like, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> once you get in a setting where you got other players on the court, all that, you can't do all that.
0: Yeah. Huh? And speaking of that, it's just uh it's that preparation. And so that's another question I was gonna ask you. How much obviously you were very talented, have a lot of athletic ability, but how much would you attribute to your discipline and work ethic, to allowing you to, to excel at basketball?
1: Yeah, I, I think that little nugget right there, I think that helped me. You know, because I remember the times where I was like, Man, I'm tired today. I don't feel like yeah playing ball today. I don't. I really don't. And I, I knew I just got out there and did it. And and when I kinda knew, like well, those days I was tired or wasn't feeling good, when I went and started playing, it like livened me up. It made me feel good. Especially after the fact. I'm like, hey, I'm glad I played ball today. Did it, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That's a
0: that's a lesson itself right yeah. there. Uh you knew where you wanted to go. You knew what you needed to do even though you didn't feel like it, you went ahead and did it yeah. at that time. Yeah. And then looking back, you pushed yourself outside your comfort zone and there was good results.
1: Yeah, for sure, so, man. was so I mean, a great lesson. Yeah, I, 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 I still have that feeling sometimes just knowing when I'm looking back, like I remember that day I was tired, but I knew I had to go play and practice that day. Mm-hmm. And then after practice, I was like, dang, I'm glad I did. Yeah. You know, it yeah. just made me feel good. I, That feeling. It's it's hard to kind of describe, but, like, that feeling what makes you keep going. Mm -hmm. That feeling. You know, not somebody just giving you something or you just going and doing something. No, you you put your mind to it. Like, okay, I don't feel like it, but I I know it's something I need to do or I have to do. I'm going to do it, and I'm giving my all. And then I think that was good for me to feel that way right after because it, like, it inspired me to like okay i remember that day i was tired mm-hmm. today i'm tired too but i know how i felt after that day so i want to i don't mind feeling that way again since i feel this way now if i do it then i'm going to feel better so yeah
0: and the more you do it the better you get the more confidence you get and then all of a sudden also the example that you set to other people for too. sure yeah. and speaking of example do you feel like Let's just say you go back to your freshman year. You've got some guys that are above you that are great players as well. So you get to be on a great team. But were you automatically coming in and in a leadership role? And as a leader, was that something that developed over time, or was it something that you're ex- you're more of an example guy at the start, or you vocal
1: and had a good example of work ethic and whatnot? Well, I think <clears throat> I think. At that age, coming in my freshman year in high school, it was it was kind of, for me, it was a, like, okay. I had to look back. I'm like, my brother came in and started when he was a freshman. Mm-hmm. Like, this is something we do, you know? Yeah. So you got older guys, juniors and seniors on this high school team. You're just coming from middle school. You don't have their respect because you've been playing against guys your age so when first day of practice hit when you got preseason running and all this stuff it's it's new it's different it's a different speed all kind of different factors factor in i knew that i needed to turn up even more like so it was kind of like i expected to be in that spot Mm -hmm. i expected to be in that spot and i'm like okay now i'm here what am i gonna do am i gonna you know shy away from it or am I going to step up and no? because you know in a small town you know one we high school and they know we just won a championship in middle school for our coastal empire we just won a championship so now all the other teams that around it knew I was going to be a freshman and my friends were all on the same team all those were going to be the freshman group coming in that's going to be a good team from years to come mm-hmm. but I was kind of like starting to separate from everybody yeah, yeah you know so they knew i was going to play but they didn't know i was if i was going to start so that summer it, it's interesting that summer instead of playing with the varsity during the summer going into ninth grade i stayed kind of with the JV team my friends and played with them because i wanted to have fun before because i knew it was serious because how coach was coach was no, no BS, guy. None of that. Like yeah. so, so I wanted to have a little more fun before it got to that that stage, you know. So I played with them, but I always was at their games watching. So, but once the season hit, I remember walking to the gym the first day of practice. It was like totally different feeling. Like mm. phew, all the older guys, you know, they in up laughing, joking around. I was all about business. I'm yeah. like, okay. I'm about to take somebody's spot.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm about to take somebody's spot and that's what eventually ended up happened, you know, I worked my way and I didn't start the first game of the season, but I would say probably about I give it 2 minutes into the game, I was in it. yeah. I was in the game and didn't look back didn't since look then. Back. I started the rest of my freshman year and all the way through.
0: Yeah. What about at your time? In high school. Um, just talk about the teams
1: you had in high school. Man, we had some squads, man. And, and, and it's 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 crazy to look back. We didn't we didn't win a state championship, but man, we had some squads. Like the way we played together and like the ups and downs we might have went through, but we were, the good thing about it though, all of us was together. We we always went to the park. And we would usually be on the same team, but if we all wasn't on the same team, you know, we might have three on this team, two on the other team, two on that team. But we always together, playing together, yeah, playing together, and that and that carried over to when we played at high school. We played together, you know, I and mean, we still got good friendship with those guys, and man, it's just, it was just fun, you know, from my freshman year to my sophomore year I grew a little bit you know I was always I would say I, I knew a way I could play was being able to guard somebody
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know I was I was like a 5'9 freshman probably about 140 yeah yeah but I had big hands long arms and quick feet quick, and quick. could move real quick you know yeah. can handle the ball you know so make your layups make my layups yeah for sure make layups you know i hit my hit my shot you know yeah, if i'm yeah. open i'm gonna hit a shot uh-huh. you know and i think that helped me get on the court and then for my sophomore year i started improving my shot i got a little bigger started that's when i i think i started uh lifting weights my sophomore year, sophomore year. Yeah. so you didn't really even lift no, any I, weights i, I at didn't all. touch no weights yeah. I, uh my coach he um we at the high school we had a weight training class with one of the football coaches. And he told me I needed to have that class. So I started lifting weights during a period at school. And I think that helped me with my, you know, strength. I was always, you know, could, could jump and run and stuff like that. But I think that helped me as far as when I was going to the basket, being able to control and stay on balance when I'm trying to, you know, make layups and stuff. Because... My freshman year, I remember a lot. I drive to the basket, bump, boom, hitting the floor. Yeah. Hitting the floor. Because I was so little, you know, but I had a lot of speed to get around somebody. So when a bigger guy come, even though I might get the layup over him, I'm going to fall to the floor because he bumped me in the air. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so my sophomore year, that kind of, you know, that was a shift in my game. My junior year, that's when, like, I think, my confidence went through the roof once I wouldn't say confidence went through the roof. I just, I think I knew I was going to be control the 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 real leader and control of the team since the older guys were gone because it was all juniors. Then once those guys that were two, two years old, once they left, I knew I was in total control and everything's going to run behind me. My junior year. So I think once the end of my sophomore year that summer when we started playing I don't know I, my my game shifted into like more of a I'm gonna control the game and not let somebody on my team kind of run the stuff I'm controlling everything even though I was a, the point guard my freshman sophomore year mm-hmm. I knew I had an older guy who been through the ropes and stuff so that I, I kind of deferred yeah. to him you know the do his thing you know but you know once my junior year hit, i was like it's all me now yeah you know it's all me now so these guys are only going to do do so much so now i gotta you know try and be the example and show them what it is to go hard and practice mm-hmm. you know what it is if i'm in the game and I'm missing shots am i still playing defense
0: mm-hmm. am i still yeah. talking am i getting back
1: yeah am i getting back am i yeah. not holding my head down because i'm that, not making yeah. shots absolutely you know mm-hmm. and and that's what the guys always saw in me i remember one of my best friends he told me he say you remember that summer we was in augusta georgia coach took us to uh butler high school We played in the gym you know the big like uh fans that they put in, you know, mm-hmm. gym sometimes yeah. when they're hot. It was, I'm talking about, it had to be 100. humid, too. Humid, Georgia yeah. hot. Georgia, Georgia heat. So we playing, and first game over, he was over laying by the fan. He was like, I need some water, I, some water. I remember this. Uh, and, like, he stopped playing for the rest of because he just couldn't do it in that heat. And he always tell me, he say, man, I knew you was going to be a different dude, man. When we was in that gym playing, cause you was up and down the court, <laughs> up and down, still going. Everybody else about to pass out, uh-huh. but you was still in there like we had just started playing, mm-hmm. you know. And he told me that story. I was like, hey, man, you recognize that?" And that was my mind frame. Like, yeah, I don't care. It's hot. We going against somebody. I'm finna show them that, hey, I'm tough. Yeah. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? I can play. So I'm yeah. in here. We from Stageborough, but hey. We can play. Yeah, and, and real quick, go
0: back to that where you're playing in Statesboro, which is on the east part of the state, not close to Atlanta where all the basketball is. Um, talk about how whenever you guys went to play teams from Atlanta, you started to realize, like, hey, this guy like this guy, might be going to Kentucky, Georgetown. Hey, I, I can play because I'll go up against them. And you started to realize that, hey, I've got I can play against these guys and I can play.
1: Yeah, it, it happened my freshman year. We went to, um, I can't remember the tournament. It was a tournament in Atlanta. They used to have during Christmas, it was a Christmas tournament and we won our first game and then it was a team from D.C. They were ranked like 24th in the nation. I had, I didn't know they even did that. Yeah. Well, nobody on our team even know Yeah. they ranked high school teams like that. And, we was going to play against them. And they had some guards, I'm pretty sure, that was D.C. guards that everybody knew and stuff like that. But I, they did have one player, a um, guy, Lonnie Baxter. He um, went, went to Maryland, won a national champion in Maryland. I ended up playing against him in Europe. But good player. He was about six, nine. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We ended up playing his team. And so you know, once we figured out, we got out there, we planned. we probably went up quick on him because we was pressing and everything, we went up yeah. quick. We like, 24, well, we need to be ranked yeah. <laughs> too. You know what I'm saying? We need to be ranked. We end up uh-huh. beating them pretty good. You know, we like, hey, if they rank like that, why need why we rankers. ranked? Yeah. yeah, we need to be in the rankings, you know what I'm saying? Not only uh-huh. in the state of Georgia, but everywhere, you know. So I think that moment kind of, you know, boosted my confidence a little more too, knowing that there's a team ranked 24th in the country where everybody – Knows or writers or whatever know, and we playing them in Atlanta. All these Atlanta teams seeing this too in this tournament, we beat them like they were just another team, you know. So I think that gave gave me confidence, knowing just because I was from Southeast Georgia, small town. When we go up to Atlanta, playing all these teams and who always seem to be ranked higher than us at the beginning of the year, but at the end of the year they not, Mm -hmm. you know. So. Seeing all that and then they watching us and all the players are ranked none of us ranked in the state But we beating them every time we go every up there time. and play them. Yeah, so it was it, it was it was a big confidence boost and it kind of made us you know kind of like Mad in a sense, mm-hmm. but we knew we just just gave us respect. We knew we was yeah. respected, but It wasn't put on like on the forefront that oh States bro. Yeah, like yeah maybe yeah. a little chip on your shoulder. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure we can
0: play Um, talk a little bit about the recruiting process for you, because you said being in Statesboro, you guys were kind of under the radar. Talk about your recruiting experience and what that looked like. And then how did you get to Georgia, University of Georgia?
1: Man, I don't even know if I, I would say I had a, really a recruiting experience because nobody, I mean, I had, of course, Georgia Southern was there. They knew. Mm-hmm. that I was, you know, would be able to play with them. But I wanted to leave, being that I saw my brother leave and just wanted to get out and away from home, just yeah. the city of Statesboro. So I don't think, like, I really had a recruiting experience because going my junior year, the only letters I really got were, like, from Nebraska and Alabama. Nebraska, man. I think it was another school. Um, I can't. Remember. What is it? It's Northeastern University. It's in Boston. Oh, up in Boston, Northeastern yeah. University. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because and the only reason why was a point guard from uh, Georgia Southern was a coach up there now, oh, which gotcha. he he's an assistant at Florida State now. But oh, okay, so, but I had the connection with him because you know my older brother played against him and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. he he remembered me and he. You know, gave me calls and sent letters and stuff. But other than that, it was it was it was really nothing. Kind of low key. Low key, you know. Not what it is today. Not what it is today with you know everything, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, up until I would say like the end of my junior year, after the season, and then in the summer, I never played AAU ball. And the time, well. We played. We, I played on a team that we you had. We had to play in for the peace jam. This is when the peace jam was first starting up. Yeah. So we you had teams that could play in to try and get into peace jam. So I was. A, I got put on the team. My coach knew a guy who was forming a team with some area players, and I was going to be on that team. And we we had three games, and I I didn't know like the magnitude of it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, AU, hey, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play on this team and just show my stuff. Just play. <laughs> God damn. I was killing. Yeah. But we didn't we lost and stuff because we were out, man. Like they we was playing against guys coming from New York. And yeah, these are the top teams. Yeah, in the top teams to that, that, that was that was with... it was pretty much like a practice game for them. Yeah. To be get prepared for the tournament. Yeah. That's what that's what I look back and see what it was. oh, we was just practice kind of game for them to get ready to play all the other teams that was loaded. Uh You know what I'm saying? But I was killing, you know what I'm saying, to be honest. And Mm -hmm. from that moment, that's when Georgia came in, uh, University of Miami came, and uh, NC State, Clemson. That's when a lot of schools started coming in the summer of my— Junior year. Junior year. Because
0: yeah. you you got into something and had exposure to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a great lesson itself. Like being in the right situations to be able to to kind of show show off your talent. Um, yeah. yeah, is really important.
1: So. Yeah, that that was awesome. And then the the crazy thing is Alabama came um on a recruiting visit came down. I to be honest, I don't even think they see me like really. Play in a high school game, I think they just got word from my coach that I was a player that's slept on mm-hmm. and so they came down to visit the house and then after that, like as soon as they came, Georgia called, and you know the connection was that was the Alabama head coach at the time was the assistant for the head coach of Georgia, and both of them were at u c l a years before you know so a good story about recruiting. So when Georgia found out from my coach that my coach told him like, "Hey, he the best point guard in the state, regardless of what everybody else think He the best point guard in the state." Uh-huh. So he called me out of class one day and was like, "Hey, um, what you doing this afternoon? You think you can uh, work out for Georgia?" I was like. Yeah, whatever, you know I was like he was like, are y'all playing ball today anywhere? That's what he, y'all playing ball. Now? I was like, well, yeah, we're gonna be on the college campus playing getting some guys out there. He'll like, Well, you know, that ain't nothing to show them. I'm like, Well, what you want me to do, coach? He'll like, Well, you just go out there and be playing and I will come out there and then we'll go from there. So I'm out there playing and you know. Killing some just regular students, just killing them. Uh-huh. I was the high school kid that come out Go there playing. Yeah, yeah. We used to really sneak in that facility because you had to have a college ID. College so ID. we used to just like, you know, get somebody to open the door and we come in and just, just to get play ball. To the door or yeah, yeah, yeah. Play ball. So we're in there playing, and I remember I was like, the game had just ended, but we had one, so we was just waiting, sitting around waiting for the next team to get on. And I remember seeing Coach Harrett walk in the gym. I'm like, oh, Because he had just got the job at Georgia the year before.
0: Was he at UCLA? As
1: he was, it, before? Yeah, it was at right. UCLA where he won a national championship. And then he went to Rhode Island. Okay. And then he came to Georgia. Then he came to Georgia. Yeah. So I remember seeing him walk in the gym. And I remember a guy that I'm still friends with who was in the gym. He was a college student, though. and Because uh, he used to come watch me play high school ball because I was killing him in the gym. Uh-huh. And he looked at me like he was a funny guy, just always talking noise and fun. He looked at me he was like, that's you? I'm <laughs> like, you know, okay. <laughs> and so I played one more game, and then Coach Herrick came up and introduced himself and you know, told me, he was like, um, do you mind if I put you through a workout? I want to put you through a workout, you know, and just visit with you a little more. So we went to the back gym of the facility, and him and Coach James Holland, who was assistant at the time took me through a workout. Did, doing my thing, but I had, I was, there was no kind of feedback from them. Mm. So, I was, once I got done, you know, talked to them a little bit about, you know, life in general, and then I went back out and started playing. <laughs> yeah, I went back out because they was like, uh, yeah, we're going to talk to Coach Hill and, you know, we'll get in touch with you. You know, yeah. so I thought it was just like, just part of the process order. so I went back out of playing and so the next, I wouldn't say the next day, the day after, Coach Hill called me, he was like, hey, this was like early in the week. So he was like, this weekend, we're gonna go out to Athens. I was like, what? They're like, yeah, Coach Harrick wants you to come up for a football game. I was like, okay, cool. So that Friday, we went to the high school football, game, our high school football game, which was like in between. And then we went on to Athens and, you know, my whole time, I'm like, dang, what, what do they want? Like, you know, what's going on? You know, I wanna know why they want me to coming to the football. So we got there, went to the tailgate the next morning. Soon as I walked up, soon as I walked up, he walked up to me, grabbed my hand, shot right. I would like to offer you a full scholarship at the University of Georgia. Really? Just like that. Just like that? Just like that. I was like, whoa. You know, inside I was like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready right now. But I was like, okay, let me talk to my mom and dad. He was like, yeah, yeah. You go home and talk with your parents and Mm -hmm. everything and other things you have to do, then you know, we'll go through the process or whatever. So, I didn't tell a coach or nothing. I went back home, told my mom and dad, I was excited, excited you know. Yeah. And I, I think I, I waited a day, you know, and I told my coach, I was like, I'm going to Georgia, man. He was like, you made a good choice. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? He was like, when you ready to call him? So we called him from the office and told him, we're like, I want to commit to Georgia. Yeah. And all the other schools and everything that called after that, I was like, I, I really didn't answer a lot yeah, of
0: heart calls. Yeah, wasn't going to Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: I really didn't answer a lot of calls after that. Cause I remember some other coaches calling and like, hey, uh, you've committed, but we still want you to come visit our campus and stuff like that. I was like, nah, mm-hmm. I'm good. Like y'all didn't know about me before or, or even just came down to say that you just called. So yeah. This guy came and... Came to see you,
0: got
1: a, to know you a little bit. And yeah. I mean, I was interested in Alabama, but that was kind of far from home. Mm-hmm. And due to circumstances with, you know, my family, mom, dad working. Mm-hmm. And seeing my brother, we couldn't go to my, a lot of my brother games. Yeah. I wanted to be able to have support from my family. Yeah, and Athens is just Athens, a couple hours away. Right? Three and a half hours away, they yeah. can come up. And looking back, they didn't miss a game. Yeah, and how cool miss is on. that? How special is that? Home game was at Athens, you
0: and for them, you know, they didn't miss how, a how game. Is that?
1: Yeah, that—that's the thing, man. Having my parents there throughout all my high school and college career, my parents there, I always look up in the stands and be like, "They're up there." Salute, yeah. you know, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah that's, that was cool.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you get to Georgia, and you're working. Or you're, you're playing with Coach Herrick. What was that first year of school? Was that just a big game uh, <laughs> game changer where you're like, whoa, this is the real deal? Um,
1: yeah, it was because it was, you know, me going to play major college basketball yeah. in the SEC. And I was, I knew I had an opportunity to start once again, like mm-hmm. in high school. Chance to because they went ten and twenty the year before, and the point guard they had they didn't want him. They let him go. They I think this is when I don't know I could be wrong, but when they could start taking your scholarship, it wasn't a it wasn't a four year uh, scholarship. Mm -hmm. It was like year by year. Okay, I think that's when it might have kind of started going in effect year by year, where they can take a scholarship or try to get you to transfer. Yeah, you know that's my. Inside on it, but I remember going in, I was like, man, I got an opportunity to to start. And, but I remember the first day of practice, man, I was like, this is tough. Yeah. Because it was a totally different speed. You learning terminology, like as far as like physical tools, I was, I'm there. But as far as the mental aspect of the game, you got classes, you got practice, uh, you got teammates who, you got 21-year-olds now who, you know, have a party lifestyle and Mm -hmm. different everything. You're seeing these different realms of life within college and you're just coming out of high school where you're in your mom and dad's house. You know you can't go do that. But now... You got a choice where you can like, oh, I can go do. I should I do this or yeah. do I want them not to to like? Do I want them to like me or are they gonna dislike me if I don't go? You know, so you have those choices. Then you have the classes are hard because mm-hmm. you really never had no workload. I would say managing time like this. Yeah. So all that was like a shock. Whole to new me. experience. Whole new experience. So first day of practice, I remember coach was yelling, he was just getting on me. Like, are you ready? Are you like, are you ready for this? Like, just getting on to me. And I'm like, you know, me, I'm like, all I do is shake my head. I don't really say too much back. I'm just letting him know. So it just kind of made me like, okay, I got to go harder. I got to buckle down and figure this thing out, figure it out, you know? So I, I, I think instead of it being like, a wow experience, it became like a focus for me. We're like, okay, I'm gonna get up early, go to class. A guy breaks in between the class, I'm gonna go to the gym, go back to class, then I'll be ready for practice. And then I think he kinda, the coaches kinda saw that and gave me the keys my freshman year. Starting, I mean, it was an up and down year, but we eventually, we end up making the tournament, and the crazy thing about it is we had the toughest schedule in the country, my freshman year. And I was the point guard that had, to, he gave me the keys to run a team. Mm-hmm. but Because we played, like, that's when it was like, what was it, RPI, Strength of Schedule? Yeah. We, was, we was number one. Really? Number one. Like, we was playing everybody, like, and the SEC was real strong, uh-huh. you know? Like, both sides were strong, like, and then we played out of conference. We played, like, I don't even remember if we played, like, teams that wasn't ranked in the non-conference schedule. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because we played in, turn we went down to Puerto Rico. I remember we got blew out by Stanford when they had the Collins twins, Casey Jacobson, mm. like, I remember watching these dudes on TV, and you know they was ranked high. Yeah. So we, we was playing like real dogs.
0: What What was the toughest team you played that year? If you could look back and remember. Obviously, the SEC's.
1: I think it was um. But. It was either that year. It was Tennessee or Kentucky. Cause they had you know Tayshawn Prince, Keith Bogans. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, they had some big boys on the inside. I mean, like, 6'10", 260. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was in college, you know, it was all about beef. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we playing against dudes 6'9", there... who set a screen on me. Like, it's hard to get around that screen. And yeah. then, you know, they were doing calling how they call it now. They come in, boom, hit you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I think Tennessee had a squad, too. They had a bunch of dudes that just like played above the rim, man. Athletic. Like how, I think that team, Tennessee had then, could play like now. They had big guys who could step outside and shoot and could like handle the ball at like six, seven, six, eight. Real tough to guard. Real tough to guard, you know. So we had bigger guys on the inside but those guys were big and fast, run and jump like that, mm-hmm. you know, step outside, get home with a ball. Who can start an offense mm-hmm. instead of just going to the block and posting up? So I think those that year those two teams were like going into them games is like, it's gonna be a tough one tonight, boy. Yeah. It's gonna <laughs> be a tough one.
0: What was that like for you? I mean, you're a freshman and you're getting thrown into this and coach herrick gives you like you said the keys to the, oh. the team
1: just it just well, came to me yeah. my friend yeah. i was watching it i was watching this couple months ago during basketball scene i found an old tape played against arkansas 40 minutes ahead oh
0: yeah
1: yeah it was it was played in arkansas i was watching it and all i could remember one time i had a good game i probably had about two turnovers but You know, I was handling the press and getting up and down because that's all they did. Joe Johnson was killing us, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was killing us. But I remember I came down one time and made a great move. And I think I tried to no-look the pass and turned it over. And He went crazy on the sideline. Coach yeah, he went crazy on me, and I—I really? I just remember that he, he went crazy on me. You don't—you're not ready for that, you uh-huh. know. Just kind of <laughs> talking trash to me and stuff. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, think about it. Florida too. Florida was pressing too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, having to handle handle the ball. We, I think we went down to Florida and beat Florida my freshman year. Was
0: uh, Billy Donovan the head coach at the time? Yeah, Yeah, Billy yeah. Then, they had Matt Bonner. Yeah. So they, it was just before
1: they started winning those two national championships? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. My years, that they, they didn't win to after I left. Yeah. Yeah, but it was tough, man. Because mm-hmm. I knew, like, it'll eat you up. That and, and it goes back to me learning being able to handle the ball. Because they was pressing me. Like, they knew I was a freshman. Let's pick him up and see if he can handle it. I'm talking about yeah. they was tra- trying to trap me and everything. You yeah. know, I remember that. I'm like, hey, I feel like they act like I'm scoring 30 points a game or something. they yeah. they just trying to get the ball out of my hands, fouling, pushing me. You know, and I remember that, man. It's, that was fun, though. Uh-huh. It was fun. It was challenging. Once I, you know, you know, ha- after those games, I remember I was like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. You know, because, you know, coaches, they'll tell you, all right, you're a freshman. You, you can mess up the game. You know, really, if you can mess up the game, if you don't, handling the ball, mm-hmm. it could be real bad for us, you know, so that's a lot of pressure for a young freshman and not, you know, being in a spot like where you go from having, I would say, you know, hundreds of people in the stands in a high school gym to having, what, how many, 20,000 at Rupp Arena? Yeah, yeah. That's a big difference. It's a little difference. You know sure. what I'm saying? <Yeah> yeah so yeah that was a that was a great experience man
0: yeah great did you have speaking of the pressure and um did you have any doubts about yourself or you had to struggle through the season a little bit or were you using it more so as as confidence like hey i'm going to prove myself that i can handle this and uh you were confident within your abilities so it wasn't maybe a big deal for you or what was that like
1: no i had confidence always had confidence it's yeah. just you know, at certain moments, you'd be like, man, dang, if I would've did this better, or, like, you know, you have certain situations where, you know, remember a couple of games, I, you know, might, might've hit one shot, I and mean, more for eight or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. dang, man, my shot's not there. Man, am I ready for that, you know? But my confidence was there, because, you know, come the next game, I'm shooting, Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But it's just after the fact, that you know you process and think about it it's like what could i have done better Mm -hmm. or how can i do better in those situations i think that's been kind of a strong point for me always knowing that i come from humble beginnings and everything i did i had to work extra hard for Mm -hmm. and to get to places i knew i got to work extra hard that come from my grand grandparents mom and dad like it's nothing easy, and, yeah. and and the rewards that I got and get even to this day, like working hard, doing extra things, the the feeling I have is more rewarding than it just being handed to me. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah.
1: So I think that kind of you know in those steps in life, being in that situation at a young age, eighteen years old, I think it kind of helped mold me as years to come being in those situation where somebody trust and believe in you and you know give you the keys and what i did with it was kind of what helped me you know mm-hmm. because it's like either i can back down from it or i can only do what i know to do to try and help me move up or be better yeah you know what i mean yeah
0: and you know, we've had prior conversations, but you know, it helps that you had someone like a coach, a coach and a coaching staff too. and a lot of other coaches as well, but, uh, of guys that believed in you, they wanted to challenge you. Coach Eric, I'm sure as we've talked about challenges you, but he also believed in you. And obviously, uh, that's a big responsibility for someone coming in as an 18 year old, as a freshman. So that in itself, it's nice to have people around that believe in you that want to help you become better. Um, And also, thinking back to your experiences in college, do you have a favorite college basketball experience? I mean, I know there's a lot, but what would be some
1: of the tops? Uh, One, for sure, was um, we played in Madison Square Garden. No, we played in there. We played against Texas. We lost, but...
0: uh, TJ Ford. TJ Texas Ford, yeah, he
1: was at point
0: guard. Coach Barnes was coaching. Yep. Rick Barnes.
1: Yep. And, you know, it was great. And we were down two starters. We were down two starters because of something had to happen in the summer where they played in like a some kind of game in, in their hometown during the summer. And I don't know if it was a charity. I can't remember what it was, but the NCAA held them out of game because they played in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was maybe charity money but i don't i'm not sure yeah but they couldn't play two of our starters our four and our five men yeah so we we end up part of the game we we played zone and i was in the two three zone and i was in the back of the zone really yeah yeah you know what i'm saying against and we were ranked we were ranked like i think maybe 16 that year mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year yeah and they were ranked they were top ten for sure. I think it might have been like five or six for them. And so just being in that game, in that atmosphere, I remember when we had practice the day before, going to Madison Square Garden. I'm like, yo, first time in New York, it's like, whoa, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I, I don't, this is foreign, uh-huh. you know what I mean? So you're going, and then you're getting in there and practice. It's, it's like a stage, really. You know what I'm saying? It's dark and with the seats and everything that and bright lights, lights right there. Yeah, and yeah. then just the the vibration or the noise the court makes when you're running and jumping. Yeah, yeah. You know, that that is no feeling better than that right there. Uh-huh. I would say that's that's one of my top moments. Yeah. And then, you know, being on prime time ESPN playing in that. And then I would say I don't know SEC games, man. Just yeah, going to th- those different arenas. All the
0: places you get to play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys played in the Maui Invitational.
1: Yeah, went that to was... Maui and went out there and being in Hawaii. Yeah, like and even just taking, we took like West Coast road trips. We yeah. went from Georgia before the holidays. We leave Georgia, might stop in Alabama, play South Alabama, then we would go to. Colorado we go out to California we played in Anaheim we played in like a classic out there we played Cal and we played play. I think we played Stanford again then we went to Hawaii oh yeah we. it was an experience man
0: yeah and that's yeah. another cool thing about playing athletics is there's so many experiences you get to have that for some people they may not ever get to have ever again or, or never experience that and um, there's so many things that sports open up so many doors for.
1: Yeah, basketball man paved the way. Yeah, I mean, it it gave gave me so much and provided so much, you know, for me and my family. You know, being able to, you know, just experience different things. You know, that I think that within itself helps you grow as a mm-hmm. person. Yeah, Being absolutely. able to step out and go somewhere and be a part of something that you're not normally a part of,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know. So having my teammates and going to different, even just small thing like being able to call my mom and dad and tell them like, hey, I'm in Hawaii. Yeah.
0: You
1: know what I mean? Because they, they never been, uh-huh. you know. Then, you know, they ask questions, what it's like? You know, I'm just like, sure. I mean, the beach and- It's awesome. You know, I'm uh-huh. over here in Hawaii, got a parrot on my arm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And stories like that, you know. Uh-huh. just. Being able to share those experiences and stuff Mm -hmm. with my family, and I think that that meant a lot.
0: Yeah, and with your teammates too. Teammates, Just like little things like being on the bus, stories like just bus trips and being on the plane, you know, (laughs) flying somewhere. It's a
1: lot of those, man, just with the teammates that we'll always have and we can always talk about. Always bond over too. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, So when did you start to realize, like, hey, I actually, I've got a shot to play in the NBA here? I mean I knew that was a goal probably, yeah. but when did you start to realize that you had some opportunities?
1: I would say just playing against guys who got drafted in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, just knowing I excuse me, belong on the court, playing against them and, you know, doing my part and you know, and I think the defining the one of the defining moments where I was like uh, I got a good shot to be in the league, you know, mm-hmm. was my teammate, Jarvis Hayes. He got drafted number 10 yep. in the NBA. I was with him three years, you know, playing every day in practice and, you know, watching his game and, like, I used to have to get it, guard him because nobody else could stop him in practice,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? And he's six, 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 seven. So I used to have to get on him and kind of because practice would have been kind of been offset because nobody stop him from scoring. Yeah. So coach would have to flip the teams and put me on him to kind of try and balance practice out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, going through those times with him and seeing another teammate, like, who I believe should have, I mean, a lot of players should be drafting and stuff, but just the skill level and athleticism of these guys, me being right there and, you know, being respected like that, Kind of gave me a sense of like okay well I think I can play at the next level mm-hmm.
0: so when uh, you graduated you entered in the draft and uh, well just talk about that experience I know we didn't elaborate on when you you know committed to Georgia and just talking about those emotions but what was it like to be in the NBA draft and you drafted that's, a, that's
1: a, a pretty big deal yeah I, the moment I remember, you know, the draft came, I was home, me and my mom and dad, and we just sitting in there watching the draft. And it was just like, man, am I gonna get drafted? I, I won't be I won't be mad or sad. I'll, I'll probably be down a little bit, but I know I might have an opportunity to try and get on a team somewhere and mm-hmm. play, continue to play professional ball. So we sitting there, all the picks go by, and it's like, okay. I don't want to, you know, show my mom and dad any emotion or anything like that. So yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, we good, pop. You know what I'm saying? Tell my dad. My dad like, dang, man, you know they're supposed to pick you up, man. You, uh-huh. All the stuff you did at school. And so before the last pick, my phone rang. You know, I, you know, the phone rang. So I picked him. I'm like, hello? And it was Larry Bird. So he called me and told me, you know, they was going to select me with the last pick. And you know, just imagine, you know, you like Larry Bird, okay. Larry, Larry yeah. Bird. You know, I'm on the phone, uh, and you hear my mom and dad like, you know, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? I'm like, oh, it's, on, it's Larry Bird. Like, like, <laughs> I'm like, chill. You know, I'm saying, I got this. You know, and so when I got off the phone, I just sat there, and and then they called my name out, and it was like, I just sat there and like, you know, yeah, that was the dream to yeah. hear my name called, you know. You that you Yeah, I accomplished it. You know what I'm saying? So that moment, I was just trying to soak that moment in. And then after that, I was like, well, shoot, now I got to try and make the team since I got drafted in the second round. Yeah. You know, it went from, I guess, feeling that relief off me mm-hmm. to now what's next? I got to try and do something else. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's that was my emotions from what I remember. At that moment it wasn't like let me go out and party or mm-hmm. you know something like it was just like now i know i gotta try and make the team
0: yeah it was taking it and enjoying it but then okay i've enjoyed it now i've got to go do yeah i got the next goal
1: yeah right that's that was that was it for me man i never never been the one to like i don't know i'm just i don't, I don't get super high or excited about something i, I take it in and and you know thank give thanks you know what i mean and just like appreciate that moment mm-hmm. for myself and for the people around me i appreciate it you know mm-hmm. and it's it's in my heart and to me that's all that matters it doesn't matter that i go out and you know celebrate it or show everybody or yeah. want everybody to give me praise or anything like that i i know you know what it means
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know because i'm that was part of me yeah so
0: that was it yeah i mean that's a great lesson in itself just to enjoy the moment give thanks for what you got and then take it all in and keep moving on yeah keep moving forward and don't get too high and get too low
1: high too low you know and keep it in your heart you know because you know like i knew what it took to just just that moment Mm -hmm. all it took for that moment then it was it was gone
0: yeah and we can speak on this later, but it's, it's interesting what you just said right there. Like all of the things that led up to that moment, it's just one, one moment, yeah. a small moment, but years and years of preparation of work, of, you know, challenges just to get to that moment.
1: Just to get to that moment. And
0: so to like, you need to enjoy those moments, yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah. of all that stuff that you did yeah. and, uh, Being able to finally get there and look back, man, that's uh, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's cool, man. You know, I mean, it's just me. Some people, you know, would have to have a party and do all kind of Uh take a vacation. I just sat there and just soaked it in, like
0: with the people you, yeah, the people that, yeah, uh, that kind of helped
1: me guide me Mm -hmm. to that moment, you know, for sure.
0: Yeah. So you get drafted by the pacers, you start moving in and in the training camp and what what was that experience like? What were you thinking as you got there? It's just kind of the same mentality you always had
1: yeah i was I was confident in mm-hmm. going into that position, but it was it was it was eye opening because you had you know guys who i went to a veteran team mm-hmm. you know the yeah, pacers.
0: who, who all was on the team at the time
1: at the time. Reggie, Reggie Miller. It was Reggie Miller. It was gonna be his last year.
0: Okay.
1: Jermaine O'Neill. Yeah. Uh Meta World Peace, Ron Artest. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot. Uh that. Steven Jackson, Jamal Tinsley, mm-hmm. um, Jeff Foster, uh Jonathan Bender, mm-hmm. uh Anthony Johnson. I man it was a team full of veterans, guys who had been in the league for a, a while time. for a good while. You know, yeah. good experience. So the before that the thing um the summer league when i played in the summer league oh, yeah, yeah i, I played in the summer league that that was a tough time for me because before we went to summer league we um we had practices and stuff like that and we played in salt lake City in the summer league i had i had took an injury kind of i think i had a, a a concussion i went you know driving went to the basket and got undercut and i fell on my wrist my shooting hand So, I didn't practice for, I would say, a week leading up to summer league, you know, because I couldn't couldn't shoot and I felt kind of off a little bit because I had hit my head on the court and everything. So, went out to summer league and I'm right back in the fire. But I wasn't myself Mm -hmm. because of the injury and everything. I just, I, I just knew I, I didn't feel right, you know, and I didn't have a good summer league. I mean, I think I played okay, but not how I would want it to be, you know, with yeah. me feeling 100% and giving my all mm-hmm. at that moment, you know what I'm saying? But after summer league, I, you know, went to vet camp and got to really show some my talents and everything in vet camp. But due to me being hurt in the summer league, after summer league was over, they already they signed a guard um, uh, who was a kind of like a three-year vet. They already they went ahead and signed him to um, at the moment. I didn't know to kind of like the last roster spot, mm-hmm. and he was a point guard. <laughs> but I didn't know that. But I went to camp anyway, and I was kind of working him in practice anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Just looking back at that, it was like, dang, that moment kind of maybe steered my direction where I, you know, went up, went in life after that. Yeah, yeah. You know, that moment that I didn't have that real opp. I want to say real opportunity because I had the opportunity, but mm. for me, it was that down moment.
0: Yeah, gave maybe some a little more time to, to, you know, play, and you weren't able to play. Yeah, at yeah. the level that you wanted to. Yeah, play, at, at the level I wanted to, to prove play. Prove that you could have.
1: Yeah, that I could have made that way. team and yeah, yeah. been in there, you know, because because after that, when we went to vet camp, played in the preseason games, I was out there going at it, mm-hmm. like going hard. And then what well, we talked about, when, I, when it came to the moment to make final cuts and everything, Coach Rick Carlisle called me in the office. He was like, hey, you know, some of the best players or, you know, don't don't get don't get discouraged because you didn't make the team because some of the you know better players always don't get the job or the position due to the fact of contracts and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, that was a a confident boost for him because cause he didn't have to tell me that cuz he told me I belong. Yeah. You no, know, he didn't have to tell me that. He could have just been like, "Hey, appreciate you coming." Appreciate out. you coming out and Working hard, and you know this is what we have to do as a business. Mm-hmm. He took it a step further and told me that you know he believed I belong on that level, yeah, so that kind of gave me confidence to all right, yeah. yeah, yeah, all right I can play, okay. I can play. Mm-hmm. you know what happened after that, so after that, you know, I went back home and kind of regrouped where you know I took some time to think, like, okay, my next step, talking with my agent, are we gonna wait and Maybe get a call, or we're gonna play. What was it? I think it was the D League. And I was like, eh, I don't know. So it took a little more time. And then he was like, What do you think about Europe? It's like, Hey, man. And then at that moment, for me, it began a little pressure for, I'd say, a hard point in my life when my family was struggling more because mm-hmm. of, you know, having to helped me out through college and, you know, now I was, didn't have as much help from the university. It was more pressure on my parents. So Mm -hmm. now it was a thing like, okay, am I gonna, well, going to get a, going to a job, a nine to five wasn't in my head. I'm like, no, I still got some basketball to play. Yeah. And I'm definitely not finna go to work. I'm finna stay in shape and, I'm gonna go play some basketball somewhere and hopefully earn some money. So my agent got a call from a team in Greece, Athens, Greece. And he called me, he was like, uh, would you wanna go play? I was like, well, that's I don't know anything about Greece or anything like that. And he sent me a contract. He was like, uh, this is what they're offering. I'm like, okay, let's go. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It wasn't yeah. it, was, it wasn't a lot of money, yeah. but it was you know me being fresh out of college. I was like, this could help me and my mom and dad. Oh, you yeah. know, you know, help pay off some bills mm-hmm. and things, so we can have a family home and stuff like that. It, you know, that was that was a good goal of mine anyway. Yeah. You know, to help my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. You know, because they've been working hard all their life,
0: and, and you're able to give back just
1: give just give back to them, just to show them like, hey, you guys can. Take a vacation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Just, do something. I appreciate what you I appreciate done. what you done. Just yeah. show sure a little appreciate. So he sunk down, like, okay, well I'm going. And went to Greece and man had a great time. I was fortunate enough to be on a in a good organization in Greece and had a good teammate or good teammates when I got there to mm-hmm. kinda help me I would say like kind of helped me withstand the, you know, the mindset of like, man, I need, I'm supposed to be in the league. Why yeah. am I over here, yep, you know, yep. getting down on myself and my teammates, you know, kind of kept the fun in basketball for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that made the time go by fast because I was there six months. And I, I, it was a breeze like, oh. And then once the season was over, it was like, oh, well, on the former agent. Hey, who? Uh, anybody calling? Anybody watch me? I'm like, oh yeah, we got some stuff lined up. So it was like, okay, well, shoot, let's try this one again. Let's yeah. try this again. So that was that was that experience straight out of college, and then that's that was it. Continued like that for my first three years. I kept trying to get back in the league during the summer, but then after that, it was like I rather just go back to Europe and play instead of waiting it out or playing in the D League and, Mm -hmm. you know, struggling a little bit.
0: So another thing, too, about going to Greece and about playing over in Europe is that it's not like you're playing in the D League. Nothing against the D League. It's called the G League before, but you're playing against arenas or against really good teams in arenas that are packed. I mean, this is like big level basketball over
1: in Europe. Yeah, man, it's like... Like how it is in the States, man, you're going to different countries and you're like, that's their team. You know, like it's teams in different cities and you're playing. They have their fan base. You know, they have their organization or the clubs. We have a soccer club, which is the biggest sport in the world. Then mm-hmm. you have they ha- their club has a basketball team. Yeah. Professionals, guys who've been playing ball all their life and started playing with this club. Even as the youngest 14, 15 years old, and those guys played for that club for 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, so you you, you go into that experience coming from America where this is a totally different realm of life, lifestyle and everything, so mm-hmm. it's, like they say, that, that was a culture shock. Yeah. Going to Greece, there's a language barrier, and especially at the time I was there, you know, it was hard to go in a supermarket you know, and trying to figure out what kind of meat is this. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's no English on the package of meat. So uh-huh. you just can't be like, Okay, this is some turkey. Nah, it might not be no turkey. No, it it Yeah, you don't you don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't know. So you just had to you know, just being there and figuring out those things and going through that. Made New experience. Great experience. Just like experience. you talked
0: about, yeah. To kind of stepping outside your comfort zone, yeah. doing something different, learning. Learning.
1: Yeah. It, it's, 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 it opens your mind. of growth, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that was amazing, being able to do that and have those teammates that help me out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, just being around those guys. I... That's why I said I was fortunate to have that because I know a lot of guys or know of a lot of guys who' went over there and like couldn't take it, yeah, just because of the situation they was in you know? so you have to you have you have to have a lot of you know toughness and be strong to be thousands of miles away from what you know in your family to you know kind of like do something, get out your comfort zone.
0: Yeah, be on your own.
1: Be on your own. <laughs> in a whole new culture.
0: Yeah. Um, so. Long way from home. Yeah. And how long were you over in Europe for? How many years?
1: 10 years. 10 years? Yeah, so.
0: And what are the different places you played? Greece? My first
1: year, Greece. Mm-hmm. Second year, I was in Serbia, in a village. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. Village. Cool. Um village. Then I went to Belgium. Oh, man, I hadn't talked about this in a while. Germany, I, went to yeah. no, I went. Then I went to Turkey. Turkey. Then I went to Turkey. Turkey, and then I went to Germany. Okay. And I went to Germany for two years. And then I went, when I left Germany, I went to a different city in Greece. And then I went to France. And then I finished in the island off of Greece in Cyprus.
0: Okay. And what was your favorite basketball environment over there?
1: Was I would say... ah, As far as like, I mean, because here in the States, we haven't, we we don't see like when you're in Serbia or traveling to some of these different countries, you don't see the atmosphere, their basketball games like it's different Mm -hmm. because it's more, you know, like the soccer fans come Mm -hmm. in supporting their club. So like you might have a flair in the middle of a basketball game just smoking yeah. the top of the arena or you might have somebody light up like a cherry bomb in the arena. Yeah. Boom! You're on the court and you're like, what's what going that? on? Yeah. And even when I, the, my first game in Europe, we come out of halftime, it's smoked up. People hadn't smoked cigarettes the whole halftime. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the coach like, man, I can't play in this, you know what I'm saying? And they were like, What, this is normal, you it's, know what I mean? Your coach over there <laughs> too? Like, what's wrong? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> after the game, that's what it was. He yeah in his coaching office firing up cigarettes, you yeah. know. So it was like, whoa, but just those different experiences. I think, you know, in Serbia, we gotta think the old Yugoslavia where those countries are that close to each other and kinda warring with each other. So when you go there, you're not only from America, but you're playing on a team from this country that this country doesn't like. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a double whammy. Like, you you got the police and everybody around escorting you to the game, and then you're sitting on the, on the bench and you got these covers over the bench because they're throwing coins. They'll throw coins at the players and stuff like that. And right. If you get hit with a... A quarter of, you know, a coin that size big, that could hurt. That could hurt. Yeah, so, you know, that's just a different, but the environment was amazing, man. Just seeing people passionate about mm-hmm. basketball and their club, different things like that. But I, I would say, like, all, a lot of those arenas are, like, it's just awesome to be able to travel to a, a different country and play against a team than go two nights later and play in another country. Yeah. It's amazing, but I would say my favorite—I would say like place I was in—I would say as far as weather, Greece was the best. Yeah, you know I mean mm-hmm. like the water and all that stuff. But organization-wise, I think Berlin was more of a kind of like what I was used to coming from Georgia and mm-hmm. having a taste of the NBA. I think Berlin organization was
0: most more like that. To the yeah,
1: NBA. yeah, because. I mean, we had a deedless contract.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, we everything was like, pretty much you didn't have to do anything. We get gear and food, restaurants. All that is taken care of. You got mm-hmm. your own nice big flat. You know, you got a car, you know, that was, that was, that you was. Taken care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was putting on in Germany, you know. it was cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's transition out of your basketball playing. So you decide to to kind of wind basketball down. And now, you know, now you're coaching. So you get into coaching. But first, how tough was it to make the decision that,
1: hey, you know what, I think it's time to kind of hang up the shoes? It was tough. It was real tough. I had just, well, I would say I would had met. Who now Tiffany, my wife? I met her, and you know we we began our relationship, and you know we were still dating and things like that. And we, um, I decided I was like, hey, I'm, um, I'm, st-, you know, I was, she knew I was still playing ball and everything, so we was talking about so dating. Then we ended, decided to get married. So I'm like, no, before we got married. <laughs> I went back to Europe and I was playing. She came over and visiting everything, and I got injured. I kind of hurt my knee a little bit. Mm -hmm. So came back home after the injury, and I'm like, okay, body's starting to feel these aches and bruises. I'm about to, you know, kind of wind it down a little bit. Yeah. And so we get married, and I tell her like, okay, go play one more year and be done. And then we end up moving to Tulsa Oklahoma, because she wanted to jump back in her field of, of work and her career. Mm-hmm. And I was going to go back and play ball a year, and then we was going to kind of settle in. And so that injury, my knee injury, wouldn't heal like I thought it would to be able to play on that level. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of, like, shut me down. And I started thinking, and I was like, man, maybe I just need to stop. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't easy decision, you know. But I had her support, and I think which helped me kind of like, I would say, make that call of like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm done because I don't see it getting any better. And another thing was for me, I didn't want to have surgery on my knee, and I was at a point in my career where I wasn't trying to play. Thirty-five minutes with a bunch of guys straight out of college. Yeah. No, I'm saying I was at that uh-huh. point where I'm like, Nah, I'm not trying to do that. You know, yeah. I, I, that was just me. I wasn't. I wasn't because it, basketball is different in Europe. I mean, there's two practices a day. You know, and I felt my. I, when I heard hurt my knee, I was like, I felt like okay, everything's starting to hurt now. Let yeah. me slow down a little bit because I want to have kids one day and be able to walk able and to move around and still, you know, kind of have a little athletic ability.
0: And it takes a, a real toll on your body doing <sighs> that, sure. especially, you know, that second practice, that's, that's a it, tough, tough. There's weekend. no less
1: than two hours. Yeah. And yeah. you go to your, ain't, ain't no coaches hearing that we're going an hour thirty, no. Yeah. It's and that's two hours. That's
0: on top of you, like, lifting and staying oh, yeah. that way, so. Yeah.
1: yeah, but I think I made that call and was like, okay let me let me go on and break it down and try and figure out what I'm gonna do now, which looking back it's like it's been the hardest part of my life because it's been a transition from something I started young building up setting a goal and dreams to do, mm-hmm. but I had no end to like Like, what was I going to do after? Or plan set in what I was going to do after. And it came to that point, and I had no plan. Mm -hmm. So I think that was, like, hard, you know. The years after I stopped playing, a couple years it was hard. But I jumped into coaching, which helped me because I'm giving back to the game that helped me so much and what I love, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm around it. Which helps me, you know, Mm -hmm. grow and develop as a person, as a man, as a husband, father, you know, it helps me because the love I have for it, I'm not away from it and and it didn't like reject me, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. I don't know, yeah. But in the coaching, when I got into coaching, that kind of helped me in my transition of taking the next steps and putting goals out there I want to achieve Mm
0: -hmm.
1: outside of the physical playing aspect of basketball.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you've been at uh, Coaching Hall & all here in Tulsa, which I'm sure you've enjoyed. It's been a great experience and obviously I know that uh, being on staff with you for a while, we've had some great times. Yeah. We've had some great, great players come through that we've really enjoyed coaching and other, other staff we love working with. But, you know, one of the things I think about you is you just have a heart, as you've seen through your story of giving back, and uh, I think that's one thing that I get to watch. Or w- when I was on staff with you, you get to watch you interact with the guys and give back. And I think they, you can just tell that uh, they care so much about you and how you, you know, try to help them get better at the game. But not only that, but life, as yeah. you talked about a little bit ago, and so. Speaking in those terms of what matters most, why do you feel like coaching is such a great fit for you to be in and giving back? Like, what are the things that you think make a great coach?
1: I think just, you know, the different levels, the different, the many different ways um I had to deal with, you know, adversity in life, adversity in basketball, um, just the many different avenues I traveled throughout my life. All had a, like, a common denominator it was basketball, mm-hmm. you know, and you know the core morals and values that I have from being brought up with my mom and dad, having my family around, and you know, it, it's all family and basketball, you know, and. Believe me, like I'm spiritual, you know, I believe in the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. and I believe. And, you know, having that as a core within me, I think helps me when I, you know, coach and be around individuals with different personalities and mm-hmm. different upbringings and things like that. I feel like I always have something in, in me that I can, you know, kind of relate with them with. Yeah. You know, I think having all these different experiences and, you know, different life situations, I can relate and help a kid in some form or fashion. I can think I can be able to help them. Mm -hmm. And that's what drives me to want to be a coach. And I think that a lot of coaches should have those qualities being around younger kids, because you never know, man, different things in life could turn a kid a different way. Mm -hmm. And I think just sharing experiences or, you know, just being someone they can come talk to or make them laugh or something, giving them something positive from me can help them. And that's what I want to do. And basketball is that common denominator that... I they're playing I'm coaching so yeah we have something already there yeah so we just build on
0: that basketball is the tool that enables you to, to teach something much greater than just basketball yeah for sure yeah for sure I mean what are the things you learned um, from coach Herrick in college that you've taken with you
1: from from being there I remember uh, um, I think it remind me my freshman year. He um, told not only me but a couple other guys, like, "Hey, you guys want to be treated with respect, and you want to be treated like men. That's the way you gotta act, and that's the way you gotta carry yourself. You know, you can't be, you know, acting like a kid and want to be treated like a man." You know, so it's just little things like, I, 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 they won't come to my head right now, but it's a lot of things he... A lot of little things. Little nuggets he mm-hmm. told me where when something happened, I'd be like, I remember he told me that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. little things like that where I know because even some of my teammates say that, like, they'll bring up something he said. I'd be like, yeah, I remember he said that. And yeah. that has, you know, came in my life before because, you know, been through different things in life and he has so much ton, not uh, tons of knowledge that he was helping us out, you mm-hmm. know, when he was telling us these things. At the moment, you're like, man, coach, oh, we don't know you time. you know what <laughs> I'm saying? And then, you know, the, you remember those things because you, you can see his, you know, the way he gets intense and when he starts to talk, you're like, you know, he's serious. So we're listening And then after that, we might go on and do what we do, but that stuck because we knew at that moment we, he had our full attention Mm -hmm. right then. So I think just, you know, coaching, and I think that that's key, you know? Yeah. For youngsters, especially nowadays with social media and everything, they get, they, I don't know, they get, I want to say verified or how they get known Based mm-hmm. off of what somebody else, yeah, you know, absolutely, they get solidified by based off of a button, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's it's the likes. Yeah, it's a totally different mindset. So yeah, you know, you always try to, you know, as a coach, you want to give them positive things that are like genuine mm-hmm. and not just you know based off of something else. I don't know. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, I want to honor your time I want to try to wind this down but how would you define success and and how has that changed for you over time
1: or has it at all? I remember I wrote something down like some years ago where like for me success has always been about achieving something and being able to achieving opportunities or different things and being able to share it with those who I love Mm. that's what it's been about for me that's been success for me Mm -hmm. just being able to achieve things and have the love of those who always supported me and being around me Mm hmm that's been success for me
0: yeah because what does it matter if you achieve all that no one's around you yeah yeah you're just by yourself you're
1: by yourself you know and you get to share these this success with others you know Mm -hmm. it's like you were a part of this it's not just me Mm -hmm. you know being successful it's like this is us you know yeah Uh, that that's I mean that's how I would answer that I don't know I remember I wrote it down some years ago because I can't remember if I was I don't know I heard it on TV or something like what do you define success? and at that moment I was like let me stop and like think about that Yeah. and that's all I could think of Yeah. Mm -hmm. and it's always stuck with me ever since then I'm like so if somebody ever asked it's funny you ask me and you ask me I'm like that's my answer because I don't know no other other way to define it Mm -hmm. but to me it's not you know, money and all the other stuff is about my my wife, my family, mom, dad, aunts, uncles, cousins, friends. Everybody get to share the story with me. Mm-hmm. That's it.
0: Yeah, that's a great that's a great answer. Yeah. Um, real quick too, how would you if you were to think of excellence? How would you find excellence? And what does building excellence mean to you?
1: I would say just being yourself, being true to who you are. And always like, you know, there is, it's natural to always like, you're gonna go through something or it's gonna be like bumps in the road. You have to always find a way within yourself to like overcome it or keep striving because you know there's going to be something better mm-hmm. you know so the way you can if you can continue to you know honor that and be that way then excellence is going to be right there mm-hmm. you know so i i that's that's how i live you know i try to always do better find different ways I can, you know, just, I don't know, just try to just try to do better than what I'm doing, you mm-hmm. know? And I think excellence will come. You know, I have many different stories we could go on all day yeah, about yeah. different things uh, where I've been in a situation and I had to overcome it. And I've thought about it and processed it within myself. Like, hey, this is what I gotta do. This is what I need to do in order for, you know, a better outcome. And I stuck with it, and it happened. Excellence. I think that's excellence. Like, mm-hmm. sticking to something, building on it, and keep going. And it shows.
0: Yeah, constant improvement. Constant, constant improvement. Constantly trying to be your best. Growth, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Well, thanks for being on the show. The last question we have for you is how long it take to grow your hair out?
1: <laughs> uh I have been growing my hair, man. That's the question everyone wants to know. Hey, I've been growing my hair about it's I would say year thirteen now. You're 13. Year thirteen. Yeah thirteen. Man. I just I decided to grow it, man. I was in Europe and went to a couple of barbershops over there when my hair was kinda of low and I was like, I'm twenty three, twenty four years old, man, and they making my hairline look like I'm about 35. Uh-huh. I'm like, well, let me let my hair grow so they don't have to do that, you uh-huh. know? Cause they, you know, my dad anyway, eventually it's gonna start going back. So I'm like, well, let me get a bunch of hair on my head and just let it grow. And, and plus, you know, my, my family and friends, we all, you know, love hair and, uh-huh. you know, have some strength behind it, you mm-hmm. know? So it's just something I do, you know? And, and my wife love it, so. There you go. My wife loves it, so that's, all that, matter, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. My wife yeah. loves it, so yeah. I'm
0: good. Well, that's awesome. Well, Rashad, thanks for being on the show. appreciate you coming here and just sharing how you build excellence and all that, that you've done to give back to um, your family, your friends, uh, the the people that you coach, and obviously being around you, I can absolutely see that on a daily basis. It's been fun to fun to work with you and then fun to call you a friend, too. Appreciate so, it, Appreciate baby, it, man. man. Hey, everyone, it's Bailey Miles. Thanks again so much for tuning in. We hope you found value in the show. And if you enjoyed it, we would really appreciate you sharing the show with a friend, subscribing on Apple or Spotify podcast, writing a quick review, or leaving a five-star rating. When you do that, it really helps get the message out and allows more people to hear these stories and help them build excellence in their life, leadership, and legacy. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me via email. It's bailey at baileymiles.com follow us on social. We're on all the different social platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, or check out our website at baileymiles.com. Once again, I'd love to hear from you, so definitely do that. And then thanks again for joining me on this journey. And
1: remember, life begins at the end of your comfort zone.